0: Hey everybody, just wanted to give you a quick heads up regarding uh, programming this week's Five Heart Podcast. You are going to hear my conversation with coordination.com's volleyball guru, Ty Peter Onitz. Throughout the course of the show, at the beginning and at the end, uh, uh, I tease that coming up after the break, we're going to be visited by Host Reuter, John Dam, Johnston, and a mystery guest, which was going to be our very own Rick Cohn, talk a little recruiting football-wise uh, couldn't make the schedules work, believe it or not, to, to, to get all that done. And since Ty and I talk for almost an hour, that seems like pretty good. We'll, we'll give volleyball their show. Uh, certainly, hopefully, uh, it's not the last we get to talk about uh, Husker volleyball. And we wish them well uh, later today against Kentucky. If you're listening to this on Friday, December 7th, if you're listening to this after that point, uh, then you already know how that went. And my well wishes are... Uh, a moot point, but I digress. Next week we'll be joined. Uh, we'll, we'll have Haas, we'll have John, and hopefully Rick. Maybe uh, we'll break it up into segments, talk a little ne- Nebraska ball as well as football recruiting. That's coming up next week, but stay tuned because right now we're talking Nebraska volleyball with Ty Peter on it's on the Five Heart Podcast. Heart. You got
1: to have heart. Miles and miles of heart.
0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by coordination.com, hosted on jitterymonkey.com, part of the Jittery Monkey family of podcasts. My guest for this opening segment of the show, broken up into two parts because of uh, Haas Reuter's schedule, he'll, he'll join us a, a little bit later in the show, but Ty Peter it's our volleyball guru at Coronation.com, is joining me. Ty, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mr. Mahachko. It's a pleasure to be here, man. I always appreciate spending time talking to you. Even even when we don't record, it's always just good catching up with you.
1: True that. It's it's. Uh, it seems like life gets in the way more and more, as we spend more time between these.
0: Speaking of life, let's let's talk a little bit about this because as this show drops here, it is Friday morning, and of course, uh, Nebraska volleyball is in action uh, later today, which we'll we'll get to, and, and especially about the the ridiculous. Uh, you know, time that they got uh, allotted for you know for uh, their match but as as this as mentioned as this episode drops on friday your son just turned one yesterday on thursday so uh happy belated birthday to him and congratulations to you and your wife
1: well thank you thank you yeah it's uh kind of crazy to think that now uh, for all intents and purposes we're a day into year two and it's uh you know we're reflecting on Wednesday night that that we spent that night um, in the hospital waiting for kind of waiting for it all to happen and here we are now the day after and and uh, it's man it's it's been awesome I and mean, you know how it is you've, you've successfully raised a young man to uh, to toddler to, to preschool age and um, <laughs> you know and it's, it's, it's a trip every day man it's just fun
0: yeah I I've had a lot of help. And uh, we'll find out about 15 years just how successful we were in in their form in in the young uh, stages. But I have a question for you. You know, dad to dad, parent to parent, what do you feed your child? What do I feed my child?
1: Um, We, you know, still he's, you know, a year old, so he's still getting he's getting formula, getting bottles. Okay, but stuff straight off the table. You know, like tonight. Um, we had meatloaf and, and broccoli and biscuit and, uh, you know, still, still doing some of the, the Gerber baby foods from time to time, getting applesauce for snacks, fruits, you know, at daycare, he gets just straight up food. So
0: do you ever catch a smell coming from your son's, let's be blunt here, his rear area and yep. wonder what in the hell did you
1: eat? See, you know what's funny is I do until I have to dump the bottles out, and then I go, yeah, that's what that smell is. Apparently, <laughs> that's just the smell of formula. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are definitely times when it's like, man, what are they feeding? Let's just say the the, the hind end smells when he was on just breast milk were a lot more pleasant than now sure. that he's eating real food. They're grown-up man hind end smells, and I don't like it one bit.
0: Oh, just, just- – as a uh, as a dad of an almost three year old, it only gets worse. <laughs>
1: right, I would imagine.
0: And and in this house, I I should be embarrassed to admit, but I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm not even subtle about when I've got to rip one. So that's the that's the kind of uh you know home that. Our son is going to, you know, live in and grow in, and he's just going to let it fly. You know, it's one of those uh, uh better to ask forgiveness than permission type of thing, and he's just going to be like, "Sorry."
1: <laughs> I understand. No, I get it. You know, honestly, it's one of those things that, like, it's I try to instill this into the, the elementary school kids. Are real. I'm like, guys, sometimes your body's like, "Hey, I got to do this now," and like. If, is it embarrassing? Yeah, I suppose. But is it something you should be embarrassed about? No, man. Just let it let it go. Say oh, excuse me, sorry.
0: Move on. Can, can I? I'm going to admit something here on the podcast, and it's I think I can get away with it since my wife doesn't listen. Uh, we have <laughs> we have been married almost ten years, and we have been together, you know, almost eleven. Uh, so you know, we met in April of 2008, got married, you know, 13 months later, and here we are. And to the day, she has never once farted in front of me. And I, I worried that that you know that that's a sign. But uh, I, I'm eager for the day when she just accidentally, nonchalantly forgets that I'm in the room and, and lets one go. And I'm like, "We've done it. We now know each other's secrets.
1: Victory uh, is mine."
0: <laughs> We're not there yet.
1: <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't. I don't necessarily want to disclose the flatulence flatulence habits in this household. I will say this. I do have, I have the benefit personally that if anybody ever blames me, goes, is that you? I go, you know what? If it was me, you'd be dead. You would know.
0: (laughs) I like to say that too.
1: So that's not me.
0: The, the, the the other downside and folks don't worry, we're going to talk some Husker volleyball here in just a minute. I promise. Uh, But I, we also have two dogs. And so I can always be like, Nope, that was the dog. And sometimes, like when I'm recording the podcast, my older dog, Lucky, will lay down right behind me like she is right now and let a silent one out. And so if you hear me gagging at any time during any of our recordings, that's because my dog is trying to kill me.
1: That's, that's fair enough. See, we have a rabbit, and when he smells, he smells. But it's not a thing that happens all that often. So,
0: Well, you are lucky in that regard. Shall we dance? The, uh, Let's do it. The, the dance that they often dance at the Devaney Center. Uh, the no, that, that was a long way to get to where we're at uh, right now. I was, I, I, was, I was just letting you roll with it, dude. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah, so later today, uh, the Nebraska volleyball team uh, will take on number 10, Kentucky. And this will be in, I believe, the regional semifinal? Semifinal, yep. Okay, perfect. Uh, and then, of course, the finals, uh, you know, you got to – Take it a day at a time, but the finals are uh, Saturday at uh, 5 o'clock Central. But before we get talking about what lies ahead for the Nebraska women, uh, let's talk a little bit about their road to this point. Uh, the Husker women are overall 26-6. They finished 15-5 in the Big Ten. Uh, the Devaney continues to be a strong uh, place for them. They were 18-3 at the Devaney Center and 8-3 and on the road uh, it's been a long time since we've talked uh, volleyball ties, so I'm just going to kind of uh, as, as I scroll down, and I'm getting all my information straight from Huskers.com on the on the volleyball team site. Um, they split early on in the Vert Challenge. Uh, they lost a, a one to three decision uh, to number seven Florida. They then defeated Oregon uh, three to nothing. You know, swept them, and then they. Uh, Went undefeated at the Emeritas Players Challenge, defeating Ohio, Wake Forest, and Santa Clara. Uh, they defeated in-state rival and uh, a team that finished 14th nationally, Creighton, uh, three to two. That was in early September. It, it, the biggest takeaway, and I'm not going to go down every result that that seems you know mind-numbing, but the biggest takeaway is that they're beating good teams, solid teams, teams that finished you know ranked in the top 20. Uh, you know, at the end of the season. Uh, They opened up Big Ten play, and they beat uh, number 10 Michigan, or number 18 Michigan, you know, finishes up. They they did have split matches or split games with Illinois, uh, which I think is funny. They won in Champaign but lost at home. Illinois finished in the top 10. Lost to Minnesota, but so did a lot of teams, um, and that was back in early October. Lost at Penn State. But turn around, you know, they got that one back on, on the home court. They This is a team that, you know, unfortunately they couldn't come back and, and, and beat Minnesota twice or, you know, get get that one back from Minnesota. But Minnesota's, a, you know, they're number three in the country right now. They're playing top competition because the Big Ten is the best conference in volleyball.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, undisputably. I mean, I think – I don't know that there's another conference that even has – likes to stand on to say, oh, we're, we're a better conference than the Big Ten is in volleyball. It isn't. You look at the, the seedings for the tournament this year. Um, frankly, I think that Minnesota should have been the number one seed. I think they've been playing better ball all year than Stanford has. Um, and, and the Pac-12, if, if you're going to talk about a conference that has another claim to maybe being <clears throat> to being a, a, one of the better volleyball conferences, the Pac-12 absolutely does. But they're still not on the same level as the Big Ten. Um, so you've got you, you look at the the top, and, and I can't quite rattle off the entire top ten. But number one seed is Stanford. Then you've got Minnesota. Illinois is the number three seed. Do not sleep on Illinois. The, That win in Champaign is a big deal. Um, Illinois is the three seed. The four seed is BYU. The five seed is Texas. Six, seven, and eight are all Big Ten schools with Wisconsin, um, Nebraska, and then Penn State. Uh, the nine seed is actually the one that I can't pull out into my head right now. Um, and then you've got the 10 seed is uh, Kentucky. So you've got, you know, you look at the top 10 as far as seeding goes in the NCAA tournament. Half of those teams are big 10 teams. That tells you about all you need to know about the big 10 and their, you know, kind of their, their position as the, as the vo- as the volleyball company.
0: It's not a, there are a lot of arguments uh, I don't know if arguments are the, is the right word, but a lot of maybe statements made um, about you know college football and, and which you know conference is technic- is actually the best conference, and we'll never really know because SEC doesn't play anybody outside of the SEC that matters. Um, you, you know, we, right. we, we we're just talking about that. You know, seeing it again on on Twitter today is is uh, you know. Hey, anybody can run the table when they're playing the Citadel, you know, in the middle of November or you you know things like that. So we'll never know. Um, But as you said, the best word that I could uh, that you could use, and, and I certainly agree, undisputed how the Big Ten is, without a doubt, the top conference. Just just look. I mean, there's more. There are probably more Big Ten teams ranked in the top 10 than any conference has in the top 25, period. I don't think that's a bit of a stretch. It might be since I'm not doing any actual research, but I I,
1: I don't think it is. I think that's close because I think if you count, I I think the Pac-12, again, is close as far as the number of schools that get highly ranked. You know, Stanford's number one. Washington's always up there. Oregon's a highly ranked school. Washington State's uh, seated in the tournament and ranked. Um, you got USC and UCLA who are regularly uh, ranked teams. Um, so, certainly, the Pac 12 has a claim to having a lot of teams in the top 25. But I think Nebraska, or the Nebraska, excuse me, I think the Big Ten regularly has seven to eight top 25 teams. And, like you just said, five teams in the not just seated in the top 10 in the tournament, but were top 10 in the coaches' pool through the season, too.
0: That always seems to me, and, and we talked a little bit about this last week in you know Big Ten honorees for football, but uh, it definitely seems to me that at, for me as as a I don't want to say a, a nonpartisan or un, unbiased or you know not I, I don't, I'll just get to what I'm trying to say. I take more meaning or or the the coaches poll carries more weight with me than the media poll is what I'm trying to say.
1: Sure. No, I understand that because those are the teams that those are the schools that you've played. Those are the people who are uh, in the trenches the same way that you are. So I, I mean, I would agree a hundred percent that the coaches poll, I think you look at it probably should carry the most weight as far as looking at who, who the best teams really are. Take
0: that media. <laughs> um, but, but in all, you know, as we, uh, here we go, and, and I'm glad we, we brought up the you know Big Ten honorees because uh, when when I got with you last week and said hey let's you know let's let's get some time to, to talk some volleyball I had uh, coordinations uh, link pulled up of course then my computer restarted so I had to pull it up again but uh, Huskers in Big Ten honors uh, because there were you know several. As as they yeah. rightfully should be, uh, you know you have right. three uh, first team all Big Ten players in in uh, Michaela Fecky, Kenzie Maloney, and Lauren uh, Stiverns. Did I get that right? I think I got it yeah. right. Yep. Um, yep. And of course, Fecky and Maloney are seniors, but Stiverns, good honors for the sophomore uh, who you know yeah. obviously will be looked at uh, as, as a returning cog next year. Uh, no, no matter how far uh, Nebraska goes in the tournament.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, and then you look at it too. You've got all freshman team. You've got the setter, and you've got Kelly Schwarzenbach, the other uh, middle attacker, middle blocker, opposite of Lawrence Diverns. And so you absolutely got um, a lot of a lot of girls, a lot of those players that are that are earning conference recognition.
0: When, as you have watched the entire season unfold. Uh, no issues, no gripes or complaints with, you know, John Cook not winning coach of the year?
1: Uh, no, I, I don't have, I mean, I think you could always make an argument that somebody working with such an inexperienced group and and not, I mean, there's not a junior on the roster for all intents and purposes. Um, you don't have anybody that's got three years of, of, collegiate, of collegiate, especially, um, you know, Big Ten experience on the roster. I mean, you could argue that Cook deserves coach of the year, but... You know, I think McCutcheon, I think a lot, A, a lot of conferences are going to give it to the person who wins the conference, sure. but I think, you know, Chris Thomas in, um, it, it, uh, Illinois also deserves, you know, probably some, 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 and probably did get some votes, but maybe deserves more, more of a look than coach Cook does and, and maybe deserves it more than McCutcheon does. I mean, Illinois finished second in the conference. Um, the, you know, they they those were the preseason expectations. They were picked as the preseason number two, and they, that's where they finished. Mm-hmm. They're now the third seed in the um, in the tournament. And like you mentioned earlier, they beat Nebraska at Davani. Now Nebraska beat Illinois in Champaign, but it's still it's still you know Thomas has done a lot there, and and they had an excellent coach there before Kevin Hamley who's at Stanford now. I mean, I think it's very clear that that he was an excellent coach, and Illinois recruits really well. But they have not been a top three Big Ten school necessarily. And, and you look at them now, it's hard to imagine that they won't be down the road.
0: It, it definitely seems like, you know, for the last handful of years, maybe five, six years, when you think of Big Ten volleyball, and, and again, this is me completely unlearned, you know, very much an outsider, casual observer, but there's. Right. The, the three teams that are kind of always in that conversation are Nebraska, Penn State, and Minnesota. Uh, Wisconsin.
1: I would, I would add Wisconsin in there as well.
0: Well, but I said three, and now you're adding a fourth, and I have to change the entire... I'm going to have to edit so much in post-production. and No, I'm kidding. Uh, you're not going to
1: edit so much in post-production.
0: I, oh, good. You've listened to the show. You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and honestly, I've listened to Nerds United more than I've listened to, um, to Five Hearts. Well, thank you. But... Uh, did, that's, a whole other, that's, a, that's a whole other ball of wax.
0: Did you get your shirt at available jitterymonkey.com slash shop? I have not yet, no. You can, you can get a, a good Five Heart Podcast shirt over there, too. One that says, Iowa sucks. Uh, good times. Um, <laughs> I, I What I'm about to say, if, if things go sideways this weekend, I will shoulder the blame. Uh, but I'm going to knock on wood as I say it. Nebraska has not lost since losing to Illinois at the Devaney Center at the end of October. Uh, They have been on a roll. uh, uh, Penn State, Rutgers, Iowa, Michigan, uh, Purdue, Indiana, Ohio State, Maryland, uh, to finish out the regular season. And in doing so, they lost a total of four sets out of, you know, four sets in the entire month of November into December.
1: Well, I mean, they're, they're writing a 10 match win streak, and like you said, they've lost four sets in those 10 matches.
0: I mean, that's impressive as hell. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, how they've handled the NCAA tournament. As you mentioned, uh, you know, they've obviously still in there, but uh, sweeping both uh, matches against Hofstra and then ranked Missouri. Missouri, to me, adds a unique element because it's an old big 12 foe hell is an old big eight foe. Um, right. You know, and they're a top 25 team and you know, there's, there's probably obviously not for any of, uh, the the players on, on these teams, but you know, from fan bases and and you always kind of want to, uh, make that little, that little dig, that little poke at Missouri. Um, but there's a little bit of uh, that rivalry that probably still lingers, and especially when you're in the postseason and there's so much on the line. Uh, can you take us back to you know last Saturday when Nebraska uh, came away with that that sweep? It, it was really remarkable and a lot of fun.
1: It was really impressive. And if you look at uh, you know you kind of have to back up even to Friday night. Missouri hit four twelve against Arizona, and that's and Arizona's a Pac twelve opponent was a ranked Pac twelve opponent against. Uh, you know, Missouri, who now is going through the the big there, the SEC. And so against a pack 12 opponent, Missouri hit 412, which is a spectacular number. You know, the way that they measure uh, kill percentage in volleyball is not quite like they measure batting average in, in baseball, although it's the most it's, it's the closest parallel. Volleyball hitting percentage is the total number or it's the number of kills minus the number of errors and then over the total number of attacks. So not only are not only do you only get credit for the balls that, that score points, you actually lose credit when you make it, when you have a hitting error. if the ball's blocked, you hit it out of bounds, you hit it in the net, et cetera, et cetera. So to hit four 12 for a match in the tournament against a pac 12 opponent is spectacular. The next night, the Huskers held Missouri to two 16. So you look at the, the way that, that the Huskers play defense, you look at the things that Nebraska did to, to beat a team that had, that had really beaten a very stout opponent the night before. Uh, there's a lot to feel good about. Now Missouri made a couple of nice runs. I mean, Nebraska just dominated hands down the first set. Missouri started off strong and then Nebraska went after, after the first three points in the first set, Missouri did not keep serve. So every time Missouri sided out, they they lost the next point. So Nebraska played phenomenal volleyball. And then Missouri played a little better and a little better. So Nebraska did a lot of great things, and, and I think it would be fair to say the Huskers, the team, is playing better right now than they played at any point this season, which is what you want, and that's kind of been a hallmark of Cook's time at Nebraska as well.
0: It it and and by the way, we need to mention that uh, All American Mikhail Fecky did have 16 kills, no errors in uh, that win Saturday against Missouri. We talked. He had no errors all last weekend. Well. That too, uh, I I just happen <laughs> to have the article up for the the win over Missouri. Um, obviously, Nebraska is you know looking to repeat as national champions, but because of so much youth, were they were the expect? And I know Nebraska volleyball now is like Nebraska football was. You know, in the nineties, the expectations were always there. You should always be competing. But realistically, was the expectation for this team to? You know, be number six in the country to have made it this far in into uh, the national tournament.
1: You want my expectation, or do you want the what the na-
0: <laughs> no? Yeah,
1: I'm I'm trying to keep this brief. No, so Nebraska was picked number. Well, they were the number two preseason in the in the ABCA coach school behind Stanford. Stanford was the, was number one. Nebraska was number two. And Nebraska was picked to win the Big Ten by Big Ten coaches. Uh, I. Was a little more skeptical of that. And I, and I, for a lot of the season. And I think that I might have, I might have mentioned in the article that I wrote as the Huskers were kind of on a skid in the middle of the season, in the midst of what was a brutal run in the middle of the year. Oh, sure. Um, that the Nebraska had achieved at a level early in the, uh, at the end of, or basically through non conference season and in the early part of the conference season that, they looked like they had really kind of settled in and, and they looked more experienced than they were. Uh, and those wheels kind of fell off a little bit, you know, when they went on a run where they go to Minnesota, go to Penn state, go to Wisconsin and then turn around and get Minnesota back at home. Um, and, and went to, I think they were Purdue in that stretch too. I don't remember exactly, but it was a brutal run. that started with, okay, so it was a trip to Minnesota. no, yeah. To it was Penn so- State, to Wisconsin, to Minnesota, to Ohio State. Then Illinois was at home. Then Penn State was at Devaney. That's a brutal run. Even Ohio State, who was bottom of the conference this year, Ohio State has had Nebraska's number for a long time. So, and you'll look back well, Nebraska and Ohio State have, have kind of split. You know, they've played pretty well against each other. They have, but, you know, in, in the years. The last few years, Nebraska's win against Ohio State at Devaney at the end of the season was the first time they had beaten Ohio State at Devaney since like 2014 or 2012 or something. They had not beaten Ohio State here in a long time. So it was a brutal run of matches for the Huskers. So to me, to what I expected losing the hit, the players that we lost and the leadership that we lost in Ani Albright and Kelly Hunter and um, Brianna Holman and Sid Townsend, you know. It was going to be interesting to see who was going to fill what roles, and there have been some really great. These these women have stepped in and played these roles really well uh, this season, but it took some learning.
0: So, so with you can't call it a youth movement. It's it, like you said before, no juniors on the team. So, when we look at, at the the seniors, and of course, you know, Michaela Fecky is is the leader, you know, of the bunch. Uh, certainly not the only one, uh, Kenzie Maloney, who we mentioned earlier. There, it seems like this is going to be an off season, and, and I'm getting ahead of myself, obviously, because there's more of the season left. But this is going to be an off right. season where you've got some big holes to fill, certainly. But it, in in that traditional off season cliche, this is going to be a Nebraska team that doesn't rebuild; they reload.
1: Right. And I think that that's right. I mean, you're looking at, um, you know, the the battle for Libro to replace Kenzie is going to come down to. I think you're going to look at um, Megan Miller is going to have a real strong something to say about it. Haley Densberger, who of course is, is Nebraska favorite because she's a small town Nebraska girl coming from Malcolm, um, and then you've got who and the gal's name escapes me right now. Uh, but you've got a, a freshman coming in next year who is, is almost on Nick Lynn Hames level, as far as the expectations uh, for what she's going to bring to the team next year. So you, you may see, you know, more freshmen again, and then replacing Michaela. Well, I don't know if you're going to be able to replace her productivity, but Lexi Sons played a lot better this down the road, this uh, last 10 matches down the stretch, excuse me. And, So, you know, you might see Capri Davis has looked really good stepping in in one rotation for Jazz Sweet when Jazz is uh, hitting on the left side. And so you might see something like that. You know, you might see more DSing for at least one of the outside hitters. Although, you know, I think Caleb Banworth, part of what the appeal of Nebraska is right now is that they train their outside hitters to be six position players. So, um, you know, I think reload is accurate and, and you're going to be returning a lot of young experience next year. You look at the girls who are freshmen sophomores playing; those girls are going to be around for a long time, and they're they're going to be it's a give me a tough team to beat.
0: We mentioned uh, Michaela Fecky. Want to you know notable for her you know personally is is she uh, passed a couple of legends on the uh, all time kills yep. list uh, uh, over the weekend. Still, yep. I mean, she might. I, I don't know who holds the record, uh, and I don't know how close she would be, but I mean, she passed an Olympian, uh, Jordan Larson, yep. a, as well as Nancy Metcalf, uh, from sixth place to fourth place. Again, folks, I, I'm not, you know, m- memorizing all of this. Huskers.com is where I go for my information. Um, when I mean, Coordination.com uh, is the best place to go, but out of convenience, I was uh, a Huskers <laughs> Shut up, Craig. Okay. Um, so, you know, that, <laughs> that's going to be a, a, a big, uh, you know, spot to, to fill. I want to talk about Nebraska fans um, because they never disappoint. And at their, you know, in the second round of the tournament, going back to that game uh, against Missouri, the Devaney, uh, I mean, the, there's something special about Husker volleyball fans and, and uh, the team and the Bob Devaney Sports Center, 8, 82 people, sellout crowd. You, you were there, right? Oh, yeah. Tell me about that energy that that the fan base brings to, you know, go watch a volleyball game, match thing, well, think, contest.
1: Well, I think the first match, game, contest, it doesn't matter, whatever you want to call it. I, I use competition when I talk with, about, about it with my players. But, athletic um, contest. Athletic contest. Um, no, you know, having that many people in one place, you know, anytime you're talking about 8,000 8, people in that small space, you're talking about a huge energy, but you know, Nebraska fans understand the sport, you know, in a way that, that a lot of fans in other places don't, you know, and that that's part of that is, is why, you know, Coronation has a volleyball, right? You know, you look at our sister sites in the SB Nation. A lot of them don't because their fan base say, "Oh yeah, we've got a volleyball team. They're fun to watch." But Husker fans just understand volleyball. They get it. They follow along. They they understand what's happening, and it's it's just kind of it's kind of wild to see. Um, but you know, the fans they get really excited when there's a great play. They understand. Uh, some of the kind of nitty-gritty of the game of volleyball, the errors that you don't always see that, that maybe a casual fan doesn't catch, you know, on uh, TV, for example, when, you know, somebody's like, oh, ESPN's got volleyball. And, oh, how come they didn't win that point? Well, you know, there was a, there was a microscopic touch on the, the ring fingernail as that ball was going over. Right. And so there was, you know, those kinds of things. So they understand the game at a really high level. You know, and Coach Cook mentioned how long the line was for standing room-only seats on Saturday night. You know the, the capacity of Devaney is, is technically somewhere right around 8,000, but regularly it's filled up to 82, 83, even 8400 for Penn State matches, um, because the standing room only holds a lot of people. And, and you know, I mean, you could you could see Coach Cook just kind of getting emotional about the support that the team gets, the knowledge that this fan base has. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's, it's trite, it, and we hear it, we see it all the time. There's no place like Nebraska, you know. Uh, you know, Nick, of course, it comes from um, the fight song, et cetera, et cetera. But it's they just understand the sport. You know, when when um, the Norseka Olympic qualifier was at Pinnacle Bank Arena a few years back, one of the things that I asked Karch Karai, uh, the the women's national team coach, you know, and, and I just simply said, you know, you've now been here three times for three different, you know, twice for competition, once in, in Omaha covering the national championship talk about the knowledge that nebraska that nebraska volleyball fans have and he for all intents and purposes said it's it's second to none there is no place that understands the sport of volleyball and is passionate about it and really understands it like uh, nebraska does so you know it's you have that not just that that passion for nebraska athletics but that knowledge of the sport just really makes it a special place and all of the visiting teams you know both the Hofstra coach and the, the Missouri coach talked about, you know, taking this experience of playing in this place that this is, you know, playing in Devaney in the postseason prepares teams for what it's like to play in those national championship matches.
0: I believe every bit of that because the, the place is great. I mean, it, great atmosphere. Um, I don't know if watching it on TV really does it justice. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say, folks, is uh, next year, when there's Nebraska volleyball match, get your booty on down to the Devanny and experience it for yourselves. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the regional uh, semifinals because it's as we mentioned later today with that super duper awesome uh, one o'clock uh, start. I believe one o'clock Central, uh, two o'clock Eastern.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, and it's Nebraska at at number seven. And uh, tenth uh, in the tenth spot is Kentucky. Uh, what I yep. love, what I love about the NCAA uh, volleyball championship regionals, the sites are Illinois, Minnesota, BYU, and Stanford. There's no, you know, Florida, Georgia, uh, you know, New York, uh, Texas. Yep. Um, it's by God, you've got two uh, Big Ten locations and then you know BYU and Stanford and I think BYU I don't think they're in the Pac-12 um but West Coast Conference thank you uh so you know it's I I enjoy that I enjoy the opportunity for uh you know for one for starters for John Dam Johnston to be able to be there you know Friday take some time off work maybe and, and shoot the game although I know he says that uh trying to photograph uh, uh Collegiate volleyball is insane because he's like, everything goes too fast. Hold on, let me put on my John hat. Everything goes too fast, and the winos, they they can't keep up, and I'm just going to stay home. Something like that. You're not loud enough, but carry on. Yeah, well, my son's trying to sleep upstairs, you know, right above me. So um, I can't really yell, yell. But uh, uh, walk me through this Nebraska-Kentucky matchup because the winner of that uh, gets the winner of Minnesota-Oregon, which – um, obviously Oregon's a team that Nebraska faced and, and beat early in the season, but Minnesota has had Nebraska's number uh, this season, and we never, you know, look past one to the other, but uh, um, tell me a little bit about, you know, what we can expect uh, Friday afternoon from this Kentucky matchup.
1: And it should be noted that Oregon beat Minnesota in on September 7th. Oh, Yeah. Uh-huh. Oregon Big 10 Pac-12 Challenge, and Oregon does some things that that could give Minnesota trouble. But, you know, again, trying to talk about uh, what happened with this team back in September is like trying to talk about the Huskers when they lost to Florida. That's simply not a thing that's going to happen anymore. right? Um, So, Kentucky, you know, Kentucky, kind of like Nebraska did, graduated a couple of seniors last year from that team that was the number four seed in the tournament, And, and some, most Husker fans will probably remember that there were a lot of people who thought that maybe Nebraska should have been the four seed and then Nebraska and then Kentucky ended up being the four seed. And it kind of was a mess. Um, or, you know, maybe at least a lot of people thought so. So, you know, and, and look, Nebraska and Kentucky have played, it seems like regularly in, uh, tournaments lately or in the, in the tournament lately. So, you know, this is a team that we're accustomed to going through, but you look at, you know, particularly, um, there, you know, you got a middle blocker and Brook Morgan who who really wants his team to wants to take Milwaukee and you know or Milwaukee. Oh my God, where do I get Milwaukee from? You know, is, is looking at Kentucky, going, "Hey, it's our time. We got to move on." Um, you know, but you you again, you've got another kind of young team uh, in Kentucky. So I I I don't. You know, I think there there are a few people who want me to to pick Kentucky and say that they're going or pick Nebraska in a sweep of Kentucky. I don't see that. Um, you know, Kentucky lost to Creighton three to two. Nebraska beat Creighton three to two. And, and keeping in mind, Creighton took the first two sets off Nebraska when we played that match. Um, you know, Kentucky lost one, uh, lost in Florida, to Texas, and then Kentucky kind of dominated their conference. They didn't drop a match in conference. They dropped a set to Tennessee. They dropped a set to Missouri. Um, they dropped two sets to A and M, and they swept Florida. You know, so they. Kentucky did a kind of dominated their conference I and mean, they beat Purdue last week, three zero, and Purdue's a good big 10 team. So you certainly, like you said, we don't want to look past Kentucky, but I think, I just think Nebraska defensively in particular matches up really well against them. I think Nebraska is going to be able to do a lot of things against Kentucky. Um, that will, that will allow the team to be successful against this Kentucky team. Um, uh,
0: and so if you want to,
1: we can jump ahead to Minnesota. If you have other questions, we can go ahead and answer those real fast.
0: I was just going to uh, touch on, as you were talking about Kentucky there, I, I was going to quote uh, Princess Bride and liken them to the Dread Pirate Roberts and say they're no one to be trifled with. They are.
1: You're absolutely right. They are, they are the Dread Pirate Roberts of, of this weekend. Uh, they are no one to be trifled with. And, and by the time you get to this point in the tournament, you don't have a team left that, that is, is going to be trifled with. <laughs> right, be um, So you know, by no means would any team who is is playing this weekend going to be taking their opponent for granted. Um, but you know, I think it's it's safe to say I think Nebraska is going to beat Kentucky. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I think it's likely going to be a four set type of match. Um, but, you know, this team is playing really good volleyball right now. Nebraska's playing the best they've played all season. They're doing a lot of things well. And so uh, it, it's 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 fully possible that they're going to surprise us. And, and, you know, before we, we continue with our picks and, and have this conversation, if I had talked to you at this time last year, which, again, I wouldn't have because I had a brand-new child, right? right. Uh, I would not have told you that Nebraska was going to make championship weekend. I, I wouldn't uh, – they just – had not really looked fully formed as a, as a competitive volleyball team at that point last year. Um, and it wasn't until I watched the, that regional final match against Kentucky where we, I was rooting for them. Uh, pretty sure I was watching them on my iPad in the hospital room. Um, I was rooting for them, but we weren't, we weren't assuming that they were going to win, but the way they played against Kentucky, I turned around and I went, this is a national championship team. So it wasn't until, um, you know, that, that last weekend of, no, we watched the Kentucky match at home. We were home by then. Maybe we weren't. I don't know. Last year was a long time ago. Yeah, um, a lot of Eagles things have match. happened. Yeah, but um, you know, it was it was the regional final match where I went. No, this Nebraska team can win this. I, you know, looking at who they they squared up against in the Final Four weekend, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any of those teams that can beat Nebraska. So, um, you yeah. know, I may change my mind. Absolutely.
0: Had to be Kentucky because I remember, if I remember correctly, and if I'm not, please tell me. The semifinal was Penn State, and then the final was Florida.
1: Yeah, well, it was definitely it was definitely the Kentucky regional final match when I went okay. to the Team to win a national championship. Gotcha. Uh, and I know that we played Kentucky in that one.
0: Perfect. Um, definitely Colorado regional semi. Actually. So let me let me ask you this question. Um, I think, as you mentioned, you know, our picks and predictions. You like Nebraska in four. I will take your word for it because you're the guru and I'm the outsider in this case, uh, which is fine. I'm the outsider in a lot of cases. If you had your pick for Nebraska to face in the regional finals, would you want Oregon or Minnesota?
1: Well, I mean. Uh... If you look at, we've already beaten Oregon once this year, but again, that was back in August. Sure. So, you know that feels like a lifetime ago. I mean, you know, as 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 a Nebraska fan and hoping that they make it to to Minneapolis the following weekend as well, uh, because I would like to cover one one more Final Four this year. Uh, <laughs> Don't get me started. I'm full. I'm just fully selfish. I like covering Final Fours. What mm-hmm. can I say? Um, Yeah, well, we'll deal with that another time. Okay. Uh, But I want – of course I want to to, to face Oregon because I think that Nebraska um, matches up better with Oregon. But on the flip side, it's hard to beat a team three times in a year. It's hard to beat a team twice in a season, let alone three times. And you know, Nebraska is playing right now much better volleyball than they played when they played Minnesota the last two times. And and the biggest part about that is the connection between Nicklin Hames and particularly – Callie Schwarzenbach and Jazz Sweet has gotten much better in that, is since that last time when we lost to Minnesota. So we have more offensive weapons. See, I, we, I, w-
0: I would have thought that you would, would have gone with Minnesota. And I think if the team, you know, if if, if I was talking with John Cook and, you know, the, the Nebraska volleyball team on the podcast right now, um, it'd be pretty awesome. But I think they would say Minnesota because I think in their heart of hearts, they want to get those matches back and, and they want to do it at 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 the most crucial part of the season, which is here in the postseason when it's winning win or go home. So if I had to ask them, I think they would say they want a, a rematch uh, with Minnesota in the regional final. Maybe they don't well, I, I,
1: I think you're right. And 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 you know, I can give you a list of reasons I would rather have it be Minnesota. What you said is absolutely one of them. I want them to I want the Huskers to avenge that loss. I also want the Huskers to continue to prove that they're beating the best teams in the country,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because you look at the teams coming, you know, the, your, your likely regional finals matchups are going to be um, Stanford and Penn state will likely be that regional final. Um, BYU and Texas will likely be that regional final and Illinois, Wisconsin will likely be that regional final. Well, I don't care which one of those teams you are, you feel confident you can beat that opponent. And those are, I mean, those are the best eight teams in the country. I, I think again, almost indisputably, those are the best eight teams in the country. It's so
0: true. go ahead. I was just gonna say, it's ridiculous that there are eight, you know, regional semifinal matches on, on the schedule for today. You know, Friday, six Sorry. of them, six of them contain a big 10 team. Isn't that ridiculous? Yep. Uh, it is. That's the quality of the play in the Big Ten. And I, as I'm looking here, uh, well, uh, I'm just wondering if we if we could have an all Big Ten Final Four. And, and as I look at it, we've got Penn State out there at the Stanford Regional. We've got Minnesota, Nebraska, Minnesota. Uh, both in the Minnesota regional, we've got Illinois, obviously, and, and Wisconsin at the Illinois regional, and we've got Michigan uh, at the BYU. So we theoretically could have an all Big Ten Final Four.
1: It could happen, and and the you know the most likely Big Ten teams to make it in, uh, obviously, if you look at the Minnesota regional and the the Illinois regional, you're probably going to get a Big Ten team out of either of those regionals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think Penn State's got a decent chance of, of coming out of that Stanford regional uh, just because Penn State's another team that's playing much better volleyball right now than they played at other points in the season. So, you know, you could see Penn State come out of, of that region, but Stanford's right, yeah, I know. the volleyball team this year. So and- their only loss is to BYU.
0: And, and then you've got uh, you know BYU hosting their own regional, and, and and unfortunately Michigan, who's the lowest ranked Big Ten team, is, is falling in that BYU regional. So things are going to be exciting over the next uh, forty eight hours of, of collegiate volleyball, and, and uh, uh, we're excited to to cover it. And we, tie by golly, we appreciate you and all your hard work that you do at Coronation.
1: Hey, I appreciate it, and you know, I appreciate you guys getting this this podcast out there, so our uh, our coordination, you know, readers and fans can can hear you guys talk and and get a you know hear different sides. And man, I love getting on here and talking volleyball with you.
0: You know, it, it's crazy because we have gone in this recording fifty minutes, give or take, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit. I noticed we could. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, yeah, you just won't stop asking me questions. <laughs>
1: no <laughs> we have That's yes, true. we actually.
0: we could see theoretically this could be the show uh but apparently there's been some happenings on the football side of things uh like in an all- purpose back who has uh, decided that he doesn't want to go play in the SEC he wants to come to Nebraska and be part of uh everything that's going on in Lincoln so I'm excited to talk with hoss and and john and and uh and talk a little bit about Wandale Robinson and more like Urban Meyer's retirement. Who didn't see that one coming? It's all right. Right. Ty, I appreciate your time, man. And uh, look forward to uh, talking hopefully with you next week about uh, Nebraska volleyball going to the final four.
1: Making a return trip to Minneapolis. Yeah. I hope we, uh, I hope we get to talk about that next week. Uh, It's a pleasure, Greg, and we'll uh... Are
0: are you road tripping and going to crash on a John's couch when, when Nebraska goes up there next weekend?
1: Um, It is, it is, I'm going up there if they make it. Um, Will I crash on John's couch? Probably not.
0: You could. I understand that the winos left after football season.
1: Oh, I'm sure that I could. Um, (laughs) But I'm also a very selfish human being. And the idea of having an Airbnb someplace where I just get by myself and can sit around in my sweats and watch whatever stupid stuffs on TV is awful appealing.
0: It, it's good to know that when you go to an Airbnb, you're not sitting on somebody else's couch butt ass naked. No, I can't. I can't. I just, I just can't do that. I can't <laughs> can't do.
1: Someone coming
0: to my Airbnb and doing that. You have an Airbnb.
1: Well, we, we've offered. We had. To, we actually rented one of the bedrooms out when the eclipse came through, Ooh, and okay. we've had it for. Football games a couple of times, but haven't got any bites on it. But yeah, we you know we've had people we've had it available for people to come stay in our basement.
0: So more knowledge or information than you or anybody else cares. I, I can't. I'm, I'm unlike my son. I'm not at all like no nudist tendencies. Uh, <laughs> not, not for me. I, I like I like clothes. I like I like wearing them. Uh, I like I, they're friends. not they're not stylish or fancy or anything like that. But I just. I've seen myself in in the mirror. I don't want to subject anyone else to that. We're good. So that is it, uh, everybody. Uh, I apologize for the mental images, but uh, stick around right after this. Hoss Reuter, John Dam Johnston, and maybe somebody else. I don't know yet because I haven't asked anyone else. Stick around. It's up next on the Five Heart Podcast.
1: This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network.